Jess, uh, myself and Jess, away for two whole months in the United States. Oh, in North America, we did a little bit of Canada as well. Um, and we got to actually visit up in Nashville, Tennessee. We have a City Point Nashville, if you didn't know. They're doing a great job. We have 11 City Point locations around the world. There's seven in the greater Brisbane region. There's one in New Zealand, one in Bulgaria, and two in America. That's 11, right? Hey, that's massive. Um, I got to see them. It was fantastic. Pastor Joel and Savannah, uh, the location pastors out there. They just had their third baby, didn't they, babe? Yep, she was listening. Um, they just had their third child, which was incredible. We got to see Pastor Dan Terry, who runs at Red Frogs. You might have seen Dan a few weeks ago. He was the American sounding guy for a Red Frogs video. Uh, he's from the Sunshine Coast. So I don't know why he has this identity crisis that he thinks he's American all of a sudden, but uh, he is doing a great job and it was fantastic to see them out there and we're super pumped. So if you ever get a chance to go over to America, make sure you stop by, say hello, let them know you're from City Point West, that'd be great. Hey, thanks Ben. We're going to get into the word this morning. Who's came for the word in the house this morning? Come on. I do have, I don't know if I share, I'm going to share it. I do have one quick story about Nashville. Um, because I've been going to City Point for, this was uh, this is unscripted, so let's see how this goes. Um, because, you know, me and Jess have been a part of City Point for nearly, I don't know, how long have you been here, babe? 11 years, my goodness. I've been here for about nine years or so. And, uh, you know, there's some sort of like false authority that you get when you're in one place for a long time. So, for, for example, when I walk into a City Point church, I'm like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'm, I'm, I walked into Nashville, I'm going to have a look around this building. It's a massive building. It's an old school um, that they are able to acquire, and they're doing, they, they lease part of it out to daycares. It's amazing. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to start walking through this building. And I start walking down this corridor, and this lady comes, one of the, one of the, uh, the church members starts running after me. She says, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just looking around. And she goes, oh, these are our kids' rooms. I'm like, okay. And then I see this guy that we know, Dan Terry. He's the young adults pastor out there. He comes running down after. He's like, hey, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. These guys are with us. They're from Australia. And she's like, oh, okay. Went out to lunch that, that afternoon. Dan said, yeah, at uh, City Point Nashville, there are four people every Sunday who are called watchmen. And their job is to make sure that they have their guns on them to protect the church. And they were following us, wondering what we're doing in the kids' rooms. So that was a culture shock, for sure. I'm like, okay, well, that's different. So if you go to Nashville, make sure you follow the rules and follow the sides, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, let me go to the kids' rooms. Yeah, I would stop me too. That's, that's yeah, it was weird. Oh, but yeah, Nashville's fantastic. It was great to see them there. Beautiful city. Make sure you, if you get the chance to go over, go see them, what they're doing there. They actually have a saying that they're the friendliest church in town. And I tell you what, they're doing a pretty good job of it too. So uh, full credit to them, Pastor Joel and Sav. Um, but yeah, America, what a place. Absolutely incredible. Uh, for me, it's something that I've wanted to do m- like my whole life. As long as I can remember, I've wanted to go to the States. And, and I was telling people over there that I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, you know... For Australians, America, well, for me anyway, it's such a fantasy land, right? It's 18 hours away, and it's, you know, we see it in movies and television. 
I feel like we've adapted a lot of the American culture into Australia, right? But, we've, you know, a lot of us never ever even been there. And I was telling them that it's just, it's nearly magical, the place, until you get there. Uh, but it's just such a, it's such, you see all these things, you're like, yeah, that's great. Uh, and one of the things that, that Jess and I did was we went to see all the popular tourist attractions, right? We had to do it. So I told Pastor Lydia I was going to show her some photos. Is that all right if I do that now? You good? Yeah, cool. All right. Here's some photos. Here's our first one. There's us, the Statue of Liberty. How to do that? That was fantastic. Wait, fun fact. I don't know if any, like, I didn't know this. It's not in New York. Did you know that? The Statue of Liberty is in the neighboring state of New Jersey. Yeah, there you go. Just New York, just claiming it. Next one. There's us, the top of the Rockefeller Center. That's the Empire State Building in the background in Manhattan Islands. See the next one. This one's pretty cool. That's, uh, the Central Park there. Central Park is over 800 acres of land. It's massive. Next one, there's us in Niagara Falls, getting absolutely demolished by the waves. It was wet and cold, and I'm smiling, but it was miserable. Uh, <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I was alone. Uh, next one, there's some house we saw, the big white house. Again, smaller than I expected. I was a little bit disappointed by that one. Uh, next one, this is pretty cool. This is in Canada. This is Banff National Park. Uh, absolutely beautiful. There's actually snow at the top of the mountain. You can just see at the back there in the middle of summer. <laughs> it was freezing. Uh, next one, Alex. This is cool. We went to Alcatraz Island. Everyone heard, you know, San Francisco, the big prison there. It was, that was pretty cool. Uh, stunk a lot of bird poo. That was disappointing. Next. Here's us, the Hollywood sign in LA. Again, I'm smiling. <laughs> I was pretty, pretty annoyed. It was hard to find a car park. Uh, <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> Here's Santa Monica Pier. This was probably like the, the, pl the closest thing to Australia that we could kind of find, you know, LA Beach. Uh, it's pretty nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's cool. Next one. This was amazing. This was Hoover Dam uh, over in just outside of uh, Vegas in Nevada. Um, massive. Uh, huge infrastructure. There's actually, I watched a thing many years ago, I'm getting sidetracked again, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do it. When they were building that, people actually fell into the concrete that they were mixing up and pouring into the wall. And there was no way to rescue them, so they just still put the bodies in there. That's pretty sad now I said that, sorry. <laughs> Next one. This one, this is my favorite. This is Grand Canyon, right? And uh, the photos just don't do it justice. Like, it, it is absolutely amazing. Like, we, we went we drove around it a fair bit and got some cool photos and everything like that. It was just phenomenal, right? But a lot of things we did in America, a lot of the, the sites we saw and a lot of you know, attractions we kind of went to, it was kind of funny because, for example, we went to the lighthouse. We were there for like three minutes. <laughs> hey, look, there it is. There's a photo. Okay, cool. What now? <laughs> On to the next thing. Here we go. Look, it's the Brooklyn Bridge. Wow, that's gorgeous. That's great. Okay, what now? I found a lot of the times we're getting there, we're seeing it, and then we're like, that's great. What now? What's the next thing to do? You know, for me and Jess, this is, I said, this is something we've wanted to do for a long time. We actually booked to go to America back in 2020. COVID come about and killed all that plan. So for the next three years or so, a lot of our focus and our energy has been trying to organize this trip to go to America. And about halfway through it, I, I felt God say to me, he goes, okay, 
we've got this trip done now. The trip's coming to an end. You've done all this stuff. What now, Brayden? Right? You've, you've done this. You've, done, you've had a great time. But what now? My title for the message this morning, if you're taking notes, and people that take notes go to heaven, so you should. Title is, now that you've got it, what now? Now that you've got it, what now? If, if I think about the biggest what now period of time in history, I, I, I think straight away I go to the, the book of Acts, right? I go to the first book of Acts. I'm going to read Acts 1, verse 4 to 8, because I forgot to do it earlier. Check that up on the screen. Once when he was eating with them, this is Jesus, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore your kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has that authority to those, set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and the rest of the world. The book previous to this is the story, the gospel of Jesus, and the last thing we see is the death and resurrection of Jesus. I really feel for the, the first generation Christians, the first century Christians, right? They're just starting out, they're starting churches, right? But their leader, the Messiah, Jesus is betrayed by one of their friends, crucified, and then resurrected to life. I can imagine the disciples being like, well, what do we do now? Like, what, what's the plan here? Where do we go from here? I love the way that God teaches us stuff and gets us motivated and gets us into it, right? Because although this is a new, new concept to, to the disciples, to man, it's actually a very similar formula, okay? Everyone like formulas? No one likes formulas, Pastor Lydia. That's a lie. No one likes it. When I think about it, I think of, I compare this to Isaac Newton's third law, right? Everyone know science? Nope, exactly. <laughs> Newton's third law. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Correct. There we go. A plus. But this is the way that God works right? throughout history, throughout all the Bible. He does this. There's an action and he brings a reaction. Look at this. Again, verse 4. He says, Holy Spirit will come and anoint you. There's the action, right? You go into the world. Reaction. God comes and anoints. That's his action. The reaction from us is to go into the world. God gives so that we're able to go. It's the action, reaction. In the book of Matthew, right? The last thing that Jesus said in the book of Matthew, it's called, we come to know it as the Great Commission now, right? Another word for commission would be he tasks us or he made the responsibility for the disciples, right? This is the last thing that he said, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. When we as Christians, when we as believers of Jesus come and we sit and we think, okay, what is the purpose of of our lives, what is the purpose of mankind here on earth, what are we supposed to do? 
this is the first place I'll look. This is the first place I point, because here Jesus is saying, he, he, he's addressing the disciples, right? He's addressing the believers of Jesus, the followers for the last, how many years I've been following him. He's saying, this is the responsibility for all of those who believe, for everybody who has come to Christ, for everyone who's begun that relationship with God. It's to go into all the world and make disciples, sharing the good news of God. Pastor Mark has a great way of putting it. He says, if the point of church was to get people to heaven, it would look a little bit like this. It'd be, Josh, congratulations, you've just made a decision for Jesus. That is so good. Hey, just come through this door over here, uh, and you can meet our firing squad. They're going to send you to heaven right now. <laughs> That's not how we work at all. That's not the purpose of what God's got. See, God's got more for you than just for you to scrape by and get to heaven. God's got more of a purpose and a plan for you to be in this moment right now, reaching people for Jesus. So what now? So what do we do now then? See, we're in the US, we did so much driving. Um, I think we clocked, in travel total, we did like 40,000 kilometers, including flights, and it was a lot. But one thing, it was actually, it was pretty hard to get used to as well. I think the first hour I was in three lanes the whole time. Uh, yeah, just driving on the opposite side of the road, sitting on the wrong side of the car. Every time I'd, I'd go to make a turn, I'd put the windscreen wipers on. Uh, <laughs> and then I got, I got used to it, of, of course, after two months. But then I come home and I reverse at the driveway and I'm on the right-hand side of the road. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like thinking three times, what am I doing? We got used to it, though. I did. Uh, I did, did a lot of the driving, of course. And whilst we're driving... We, we decided to put on some podcasts. I don't know if you know, but every Sunday, the message that gets spoken here at City Point West gets put online to the podcast. If you have an iPhone, you can just go to the Apple Podcast app. If you have an Android, you can go get a better phone. Uh, I don't know. It's probably on there somewhere. I don't <laughs> Spotify. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Alex. Spotify, there you go. Well, you know, we'll grow up. Your, your choice. Um, that's why Pastor Tim's not here. <laughs> but it was, it was really cool because every week, me and Jess would be driving and we'd be listening to the preachers here at, at West. Uh, it was awesome to hear Pastor Steve, Pastor Tim preaching. Um, Pastor Mark as well, having him here was fantastic. Pastor Carolina, Pastor Reuben. Man, there was some fire in those messages. I don't know if you felt it, but I felt it through the radio. I, I was driving down Route 66 ready to give my life to Jesus again. Like, it was... There was power in those messages. It was great. But it reminded me that this hasn't just been happening for the last two months here. Like, there's been a fire moving over City Point West for the last 12, 18 months. There's been a move of God that's been happening. We've been seeing people being called back into the house. We've seen miracle after miracle. We've seen healings. We've seen breakthrough in the house. The fire of God, the Holy Spirit, the presence of our Father is in this place. And, and now that God started to do that work in us, now that we've received salvation and we, we, we received that miracle, we've acquired that healing, what, what now, church? Now, now that we've got it, what now? Like, this question I'd asked myself a few years ago, I remember, for those who don't know, I didn't grow up in a in church, I didn't grow up in a Christian home at all. Um, my mom decided to send me to a, a Christian school so I could get disciplined. 
And I mean discipline. Like, we had the paddle when I went to school. I'm not that old. I'm getting there. But we actually had the paddle. What my mum didn't know was that they do teach a lot of Jesus there. And she wasn't against it. But in grade nine, I was there for a couple of years, I decided to get water baptised, right? Got water baptised at school. You know, I listened to the stories. We had Christian studies. We had chapel. Those were the things that brought me to, to Jesus, right? These school lessons. And if you, if you ask me now, if, like, hey, did you actually know what you were doing back then? Did you know the decision you were making to get water baptised? I would say absolutely not. I had no idea what I was doing. It sounded like a good idea. But I tell you what, I'm so, so glad I made that step. Because what it did do was it created this foundation for me later in life to really encounter God. About six years later is when I finally, truly encountered the Spirit of God. I was at an encounter night at church. And I had a time for people to come up and receive the, the Holy Spirit. And I went up and, and I got laid out on the floor. Like, I got whacked. I got smashed. I was on the ground for 30 minutes. As God was beginning to reveal himself to me and started to just heal the brokenness I didn't even know existed in my life. He began to do a work inside of me as he prepared me for what he wanted to do in the future. I remember that night driving home. And it was about a 45-minute drive, so I had a lot of time. And I was thinking, I'm like, okay, God, now that I've received your spirit, now that I know who you are, now that I know what's going on here, what now? What, what do I do now? You know, for me, my what now was youth ministry. I mean, from that point on, I started serving in youth. And I, I hear a lot of people talk about calling, right? We've heard this word calling before. I'm called to do this. I'm called to do that. Fantastic. I'm not called to do this. That's the one I hear the most. Um, and I, I've been asked before, hey, Brayden, when did you... No, you were called to be a youth pastor. Did, did God call you into it? I said, well, look, if he called me, he must have the wrong number because I didn't hear the phone ring. At no stage of my life, did it, before I was doing youth ministry, did I hear God say, Brayden, go to youth. At no stage. Do you want to know how I started doing youth? Hey, Brayden, you want to serve in youth? Yep. <laughs> That's, that, was, that was my process into starting to serve in youth. And I said yes for two reasons, right? One of them was because the youth leaders were pretty cool and became some of my best friends, including my wife, who's a youth leader as well, not a youth kid. Just want to just clarify that. <laughs> I do, we get asked by youth kids now, it's like, is this your daughter? I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, great. Either she's like eight years old or I'm 45. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And the second reason was because I don't know why, but I knew that I had to be serving God. I knew that I needed to be doing something to be serving God in the house. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to be doing, so I did this thing, right? All I did was I just started. I'm coming down here because it's lights hurt my eyes. I came. And started serving youth because there was, that's what I started, what I got asked to do first, right? I never intended to be doing it for that last seven years now, to be running the youth ministry. That was never my goal, my intention, but I just 
started serving. And if it didn't work out, I was going to try something else. Can I tell you, I've served in pretty much every single department you can in church. All right? I've served in youth. I've served young adults. I served in kids. I know. Served in, yeah, I did. There you go. I've run life groups. I've run prayer meetings. I've run host team. I even tried to join creative. And Pastor Wendy said, we're not that desperate. (laughs) I tried. (laughs) My point is this. I didn't know what I was called to do before I started doing it. And once I started doing it, it is unmistakable that God has put me, He has called me to be here at City Point West to bring the kids of Western Brisbane into this place to learn about Jesus. That is undeniable in this place now. Did I know that when I started? Absolutely not. I thought I was going to be a fighter pilot jet or something. I don't know. Not this. One thing that serving God does, it helps keep your eyes on Him too. For young Christians in this place who who are new to faith, who are trying to negotiate life, start serving God so you can stay looking at God. I see the story of, of King David in 2 Samuel 11, right? You know this story, this is David, sees Bathsheba bathing. He then takes this woman who's married to another man, he sleeps with her and then has her husband killed, right? After that, his, his people start to revolt against him. They, they chase him out of his own city till he's forced to live in the city of his enemies. This is the start of the downfall of this amazing man of God. Why? Because of chapter 11, verse 1. Got that up there? In the springtime when kings go to war, David stayed behind. When this man, David, who God had called to be king, and part of that responsibility was, in the springtime, you go to war. That's the calling of that time. You go where you're supposed to go. But when you don't go, you lose sight of God. See, when you go where God has called you, you know that God's going to lead you there, right? So if God's leading you there, He's there with you. So when you're not following the way that God has, you're not with God. When you're not with God, it's hard to see God. When you don't see God... It's easy for your eyes to wander and you get lost. Pastor Mark said it here a couple of weeks ago. He goes, the direction of your eyes is the direction of your life. I mean, we've seen young kids learn how to ride push bikes before, right? I mean, you could be in a 40-acre paddock. It's just flat, nothing in there. But there'd be one tree in the middle of the paddock. And that child, without doubt, will hit that tree every single time. Why is that? Because they're so focused on the tree. Don't hit the tree. Don't hit the tree. Don't, yeah, there's the tree. When we don't have our eyes of where God is, when we don't have our eyes of where God has called us to be, it's easy to get distracted. Pastor Reuben as well, he was here a couple of weeks ago, said this amazing stat from the census. It, it blew me away that, I think it was 2021, 11 million people in Australia identified as Christian. Can you believe that? 11 million people, nearly half the country. I wonder, I wonder how many of those are actively serving God 
of those 11 million. And I thought, what if those 11 million did actively serve God? You know, the greatest way to double a church is if everyone brings a friend. Those 11 million brought a friend, there's 22 million right there. Yeah, it's going to be a lot harder than that, don't get me wrong. But the, the, the concept is there. If each of those 11 million people were serving God, were serving Christ, were reaching out to those lost and bringing them home. So sometimes I think of those 11 million people kind of like, uh, like those sport fans. You know those crazy, crazy sports fans, right? They're the ones that will sit at the television just screaming at it for, for an hour and then when they win, they'll be like, oi, how was the footy on the weekend? Oh, yeah, we won. Yeah, we had a great game. Yeah, we celebrated really well. It's, we? What's this we business? You did nothing. You screamed at the telly for an hour and a half. <laughs> we? We did nothing. You didn't contribute to the success at all. We? I think sometimes us as Christians can get caught in the we. We're doing this. We, we. See, the problem with Christianity is Christianity isn't a spectator sport, right? We're called as a family, as a church, as the body of Christ to come and participate, to go. And I think sometimes we get stuck in this and it's time for, for church it's time for us as people to, to stop expecting the person beside you to get up and, and carry the slack when God has called you to get off the bench and get into the game. Christianity, it's not a spectator sport. Paul told the, the church in Ephesians, he said this, he goes, the church, the purpose of the church is so we can all come together, listen to some sweet songs, and hopefully survive the week. Nope. <laughs> Paul said that the church is designed to equip the saints, that's you, for the work of the ministry, to go into the world. We're not called just to sit in our bubble. We need to be out there. We need to be equipped. There's that action and reaction again. The action, the saints are equipped, reaction, for the work of the ministry. This is how God works throughout the entire Bible. I heard a joke a little while ago, and it's funny, so I'm going to tell you. Um, it's, uh, what, what do you call a book club that's stuck on the same book for years and years? Church. <laughs> that's all right. Does it hurt anybody? It's not, it's not false. But then I thought, I'm like, is that how the world sees us? Is that truly how the world sees church? That we're just some book club that meets up once a week to talk about some, some words on a piece of paper? Is, is that where the world sees Christianity right now? We need to stop waiting for the change. We need to stop waiting for things to happen and be the change ourselves. If the keys want to come join me, please. You know, if you ask me what my favorite thing about America is, it's really not even a competition. And if you know me, you'll know what I'm going to say. And it was 100% the racetracks. It was amazing. You know, for me, that, that was actually the, the reason we went to America at this time of the year was to go to this one big race. Uh, it was, there was 90 competitors for this one race over three days. And the winner was taking home $127,000. That's US as well. So that's a chunk of money. 
And see, the thing is, after the three days, they have one final race on the final night. It's a 100-lap race. And the problem is, though, the, the, the tires on the cars that are used for these 100-lap races, they don't last 100 laps if you go as fast as you can the entire time. So, so what it means is that for some portion of the race, you need to be making sure you're conserving. You're, you're looking after the tires. You're not pushing as hard as you can. Because three things will happen, right? One is, if you go too fast at the start, you'll get to the front, which is, feels good. But then you're going to run out of tire at the end of the race. You're going to run out of grip. And all of a sudden, they start exploding, and then you end up out of the race. The second thing that will happen is you, you'll start conserving your tires. You're going nice and slow and waiting 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 until it's too late. You've run out of time to go forward. See, the most experienced drivers, the ones that have been doing it for a long time, the ones who end up winning the race, what they do is they know how much they can conserve. They'll take it easy. They'll wait. And then at the right time, they go. And when they go, they head to the front, and they're the ones that will always end up winning the race because they knew when to conserve, and they knew when to go. Hebrews 12, verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of the faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. See, so often we think of endurance, we think slow. We think cruisy. We think nice and steady wins the race. But see, an endurance race is there's a time to rest, right? And there's a time to go. Our faith, we need to be ready. There's a time to rest. There's a time to go. I just came back from a two-month vacation, okay? And I know a lot of people have been serving God for a long time. And, and resting is important. Good resting is important. Resting in God is, is super important. But the reason why we rest is so we can run hard again. We're not just resting to, to chill out. We're resting so we can get ready to run again. Church, it's time to start running hard. That was great timing, Susan. Well done. It's time to run hard. Time for a big push. And this is something that's not going to be individual. I feel like God's asking us collectively, are we ready for the big push? You know, I've shared multiple times up on this platform the, 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 the word, oh man, why am I doing this? It's in American, they don't use big words. God spoke to me about 12 months ago and shared that there's a move of God that is coming. And if we're not ready, if we're not running with it, we're going to get washed past it. So church, we need to start running hard together. Ronald J. Sider, who was a Canadian-American uh, theologian, he says this, No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. And together, we can change the world. Together we can change the world. See, building disciples, influencing a society, changing the world, it's, it's not a pastor's job. It's not stuck to just Pastor Tim and Wendy, Pastor Lydia, Pastor It's not just one person's job to do that. We're called as a church, the body of Christ, to come together, to run hard together. 
So now that you've got it, what now? What, what if... What if your purpose in life, what if the thing that God's called you to do is to bring one person to Jesus? Would that be enough for one person to come to know Christ? The Bible says that all heaven rejoice when one, one child comes home to the Father. But, but what if that one person that, that you were called to reach, that you were called to disciple, became the next Billy Graham and changed Millions and millions of lives. Let me worth it then. You know, we, we may never know the impact that we're going to have on somebody's life just by being faithful. I mean, I know my life, I can thank two or three people in my life for building that relationship with God that I have. I know I've said it again and he hates when I say it, but I'm going to say it for the rest of my life because I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for that man over there, Andrew Jones. When I first started coming to this, yeah, come on, we give it up for Andy. When I first started coming here to City Point West, it was my first life group leader and my only life group leader, Jonesy, I don't choose. Happy birthday, by the way, the other day. 25? Yeah, sick. And I tell you what, I was a rat bag, man. I was stupid. <laughs> I was hard work. There was even a stage when I was out of church and Andrew would still be contacting me, checking up on me, saying, hey man, how you doing? We used to go fishing at night too. We had pretty good success too, but it was good. But I tell you what, if it wasn't for people like Andrew Jones, I wouldn't be here right now. And I tell you what, I wouldn't be serving in the youth ministry here at City Point West. So every single kid that comes through these doors on a Friday night, to youth and has their lives radically transformed by the power of God can thank Andrew Jones because of the investment he made into my life. Now that you've got it, what now? I know, I know some of you thinking, hey, um, yeah, that's cool, man. You do that. But, but this is me. I, I, I'm different. I don't have that. I don't have what you got. I've, I, I'm... I'm untalented, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too whatever. I just want to say to you right now, you're exactly the person that God wants to use. You're exactly the person that God wants to use. I know someone in the head, in the head just started cursing because I just called them out. See, God doesn't call the equipped, right? He doesn't call those who are equipped. He equips those that He calls. He's not just waiting for the perfect person. Look, you, look, you look at the Bible. You look at all the heroes of the Bible. None of them were perfect. Most of them were rat bags. Now that you've got it, what now? See, maybe you don't know where to serve. I'll rattle some off for you right now. Just to let you know that there's any opportunity for you to be a part of church, to serve God. We have youth ministry. That's a good one. <laughs> thanks, guy. <laughs> My other youth leaders didn't say a word, so thanks. <laughs> there's kids ministry. There's red frogs. There's a Tamil service. There's creative. What else have we got here? There's a young adults. There's marketplace. There's a prayer team. There's a host team. There's probably many more that I can't think of right now. But the point is this: that no matter what your skills are, no matter what your gift set is, no matter what you feel God is calling you to do, if you're not serving. 
you're not in the calling of God. God has called everyone to be an impactful light in their world and serving in the house of God. It's not down to one point. Now that you've got it, what now? What do we do now, church? Can we all close our eyes and bow our heads in this place this morning? Holy Spirit of God, we thank you. Oh God, we thank you. We thank you for the move that you've been doing in this place over the last 12 to 18 months, God. You've been pouring out your presence, pouring out your spirit on City Point West. God, we pray you keep that fire burning in our hearts. You keep that fire burning. Keep us, our eyes focused solely on you, God. And God, for those people in the room right now who maybe they, they don't know what their relationship with God is like. Maybe they don't know if they're, if they're saved or if they have a relationship with God. Maybe they've made the decision in the past and they've wandered away or maybe this is the first time for them. God, for people who are, who are battling that decision in their hearts right now, God, we're going to give an opportunity. If that's you, if, if you're sitting in this room and you're saying, I don't know where my relationship with God's at or I've never made a decision for God. And if you want to do that right now, I want to make an opportunity with no one looking. Everyone's heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just me. I just want to know who I'm praying for. If that's you in this place, if you want to make a decision for God, could you just put your hand up in the air for me? Stick your hand up so I can just see who I'm going to be praying for. Holy Spirit is here. Come on, God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. God, we pray for every single person in this room right now. God, begin to do your work inside of them. Holy Spirit, come. Fill them with your presence, the fire of the Holy Ghost. And when that Holy Spirit comes, the power that comes with it, God. God, encourage us. Give us the boldness. Will you strengthen us to go out to the world, to make disciples of all nations. Just share the good news of God. God, we thank you as you lead our way. Our eyes focus purely on you, seeking first the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. I this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, Jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.